1: This is Joseph Jaffe, co-author of Zero: Zero Paid Media as the New Marketing Model, and you're listening to The Marketing Book Podcast.
0: Welcome to The Marketing Book Podcast, helping you keep up with the smartest thinking in the quickly changing field of modern marketing. And now, here's your host, Douglas Burdett. Hello, thanks for joining me on The Marketing Book Podcast. My goal for this podcast is to help you discover new ideas about what's working in modern marketing. Don't worry about taking notes. You can find links to everything discussed in the show notes at marketingbookpodcast.com. Today we're joined by Joseph Jaffe. We're going to talk about the book he's co-authored with Martin Albarda, Zero, Zero Paid Media as the New Marketing Model. Joseph Jaffe is one of the most sought-after consultant speakers and thought leaders on innovation, marketing, new media, and social media. He's the founder and CEO of Evolution an innovation agency that connects early stage startups with established brands to partner via acceleration, pilot programs, and investment. He has written three other books, including Life After the 32nd Spot, Join the Conversation, and Flip the Funnel. Joseph's thought leadership has found its way to every major media outlet, including the likes of CBS, ABC, Bloomberg, NPR, Wall Street Journal, New York Times, USA Today, Fortune, Ad Age, Ad Week, and now the Marketing Book Podcast. Joseph, congratulations on zero, and welcome to the Marketing Book Podcast.
1: Thank you. And the thing that I'm proudest of on that resume is now that I'm on the Marketing Book Podcast. So, save the best for last. I love it.
0: (laughs) Thank you. Thank you very much. I just kind of put that in there. You know, you kind of have to... I can dream, can't I? So, I actually met you a few years ago at one of the inbound conferences, and you were standing there with Mitch Joel, and just wanted to say to the listeners... You could not have been nicer. I, I thoroughly enjoyed meeting you. And I would urge anyone who's at a marketing conference that sees Joseph Jaffe, go up and introduce yourself. Say hello.
1: You've just ruined it now because now I have to be nice. I have to, uh, I have to maintain that persona, that perception. That's so, right.
0: That's right. No, all I guess... right, I'll do it. I'll do it. I'll do it. Okay. Nice. Well, okay. Well, the listeners just mentioned the Marketing Book Podcast, and then you'll, you'll be in. So, uh, no. It's, uh, I, I've listened to you over the years, and I, uh, I, I'm a, a big fan of Mitch Joel's podcast. Mitch Joel, who you describe in your book, is your brother from another mother. And I'm not able to catch sometimes all of his episodes, but when I see that you're going to be on there, which is a regular occurrence, I make sure to catch that because it is really – it's great – And I guess in a certain way, you guys are kind of like an old married couple, where you finish each other's sentences, and you don't let each other get away with anything.
1: That is exactly uh, correct and accurate, all of us.
0: So, in honor of interviewing Joseph Jaffe, I am uh, wearing a bow tie, right now. I I really am. And I was wondering if you could explain, I, I realize you probably don't wear one, but why is it that so many people refer to uh, Joseph Jaffe and a marketing bow tie?
1: So the bow tie began I'll tell you that actually just the, the backstory is kind of interesting. My third book, Flip the Funnel, really talks about the retention as the new acquisition the the retention funnel or the flipped funnel and uh and if you think about the traditional marketing and sales funnel it gets it starts broad and general and gets very, very super narrow and specific. And there's so much waste, and it's all based on awareness from, from you know, I, uh, as they call it, AIDA, awareness, interest, desire, action, etc. And I said, well, why don't we flip that? Because our job begins at that point of purchase, or place of purchase, or proof of purchase. And instead, well, that funnel should be getting bigger over time, increasing returns on our investment, not diminishing marginal returns. Um, and And those network effects, those increases could be uh custom account, it could be referrals, content creation, word of mouth, profitability, community, et cetera. But then what I did is is I took the flipped funnel and the traditional funnel and I connected them at that moment, at that uh, that moment of truth, pop, right? Place mm-hmm. of purchase, proof of purchase, point of purchase. And it formed a bow tie shape. Um, and and part of the message was nobody said, even if you go all the way back to life off to the 30 second spot, my first book, no one said Paid media was going away. No one said awareness was going away. No one said acquisition was going away. But certainly, there's you know we we've got to kind of continue thinking and evolving our our theory, our vision, our frameworks, our methodology, because right now the traditional funnel is linear, oversimplified, open ended, quite frankly flawed and and outdated. And so that birthed the concept of the bow time. I put it in at the end of the book, almost as an afterthought. I was like, okay, I may as well just stick it in. And uh, it was actually Jeremiah Oyang who turned around and he said, "This bow tie is the you know this is the, the, you save the best for last. This bow tie is absolutely bullseye, and it is it is the strongest framework in this book, and quite frankly, many books, if not most books. Um, and so I took that and I evolved that thinking." And continued kind of the thinking of the bow tie um, you know in in zero in my fourth book. the w- The one thing that I would say about the bow tie I mean, if you think about it, every single thing that we do is governed by a bow tie shape. We start off vague, generic, confused, you know, noise, and we distill it down to the real-time tweet, the tagline, the campaign, the big idea, the match between the startup and the brand. And that is that moment of truth. but then our job is only beginning, and mm-hmm. our job. And, and when we make that right connection or that right match or that right insight, our job is to maximize its potential, its impact, um, its value to shareholders, to our customers, to our employees, et cetera. So anything, quite frankly, can be governed, whether it's traditional marketing and advertising, or connecting startups and brands. Or every single campaign, if you think about it, that bow tie has become one of the most central frameworks that I use and certainly that we install for our clients um, across the entire board, as I said, including but not limited to, um, which is what I'm focused on now through evolution, which is innovation.
0: Mm-hmm. And I have seen multiple marketing presentations where they reference this bow tie. So. <laughs> it's, uh, it's uh, Jeremiah was right. It's definitely uh, caught on. Now, before we get into, further into Zero, let me just mention one other thing about <laughs> the effect your books have had. I came from a real traditional advertising background, I even worked on, on Madison Avenue for a number of years and loved it. And the, the, the center of my universe was the 32nd TV spot. And then I read your book, I don't know, was it 10 years ago maybe? Uh, about yeah, life and- after the 32nd spot. And I hated it, and I hated it because it got me really depressed. And but I also hated it because you were right. <laughs>
1: truth <laughs> hurts, man. Truth oh, hurts.
0: let me tell you. And you know, there's a lot of pain you talk about in this. But anyway, I've you know I've continued to evolve and uh, there, you know, lived lived to see another day and evolve my business beyond the the thirty second TV commercial. So yeah. that's why I.
1: But I, but I'll tell you. But I'll tell you that you know even it you know even if you look at life after the thirty second spot. You know the thesis behind that book was, and and I use my and I chose my words very carefully. In its existing form, the thirty-second spot is either dead, dying, or has outlived its usefulness. And the key phrase there was "in its existing form," mm-hmm. because the whole idea is, you know, why do we we keep calling it, you know, television? What is television anymore? It's video. It's sight, <laughs> sound, and motion. And and that that big screen or that flat screen. You know, if you have kids, they're using it more for Xbox or whatever the case may be or mm-hmm. Netflix. So, so you know, it was, and I said that even back 10 years ago, Sight Sound Emotion, this is video, this is content. You're in the content game. You're not in the television commercial game. The, the other point about that book was, you know, I spoke about the 96 colors, the big box of crayons, which is why I called my previous company Crayon because if you've been given 96 colours to colour with or paint with or draw with why would you continue to go back to the tried and tested primary colours of you know red yellow and and blue or television radio and print mm-hmm. and so and so i think what i was pushing marketers and agencies to do back then is to challenge that status quo and evolve and rethink and and if you think about it My company today is called Evolution. You can see those common threads and common themes all the way back then. This idea of you know adapt or die, evolution, survival of the fittest. Charles Darwin actually says, you know, it's not the strongest or the most intelligent species that survives, but the one that is the most adaptive to change. And so that really is the message.
0: Yeah, and that is one of my favorite marketing quotes. (laughs) I love it. Let's, let's, uh, let us let's me dive into just one quote just to, on the, the beginning. There were, there were a couple. There were several lines from your book that I wanted to either uh, shout from the rooftops or have them printed up into like protest signs and carry around at marketing conferences. Let's do it. <laughs> yeah, and, uh, but, but one of them was, simply put, under current operating conditions, the paid media model and market will not be able to sustain itself and without taking action is likely to result in severe to catastrophic outcomes, from financial underperformance to job loss to even a collapse of the current media ecosystem. Joseph, one of the things that certainly resonated with me in the book is this notion that inertia is so powerful (laughs) the way it's always been done. There's this sort of marketing muscle memory that's out there. Can you frame out what is meant by Zero. It's very powerful. If we could, or as Mitch Joel would say, can we start to unpack zero?
1: Let's unpeel it like a <laughs> little. Um, so, so, going back to that quote, um, two things that are interesting. One is, you know, we speak about the perfect storm. Martin and myself, and and Martin was my client at Coca Cola and and busch Indev. I speak about the perfect storm is coming. He believes, as a former marketer, that it's already here. Mm-hmm. The, the premise behind the thesis, if you will, is that right now media inflation has and is and, and continues to outperform economic inflation. So, and if it continues at the at the same rate and pace um, to outperform um, or outpace, I should say, economic inflation the bottom could fall out the market. In other words, we're pricing ourselves out the market. It's becoming too expensive to achieve a minimum acceptable level of reach frequency, GRPs, share of voice, etc. And and that came anecdotally, but it also came from talking with several CMOs who had started to express similar concerns and were getting increasingly frustrated but also nervous about the model so what we basically said was you can tweak the model or you could essentially just kind of turn it on its head or wipe the slate clean you know as Mitch would talk about control alt delete Mm -hmm. do do a complete reboot and and think blue ocean and and part of the reason we took that approach was I think sometimes if you paint the two extremes or paint the the at least frame the entire continuum, you can operate pretty liberally inside that continuum. In the case of tweaking and incrementally changing, that to me and to us seems too similar to the way that we set our budgets, right? We look at what we did last year to determine what we're going to do next year. We we are making incremental changes when what we need is a step change or a sea change or a leap of faith. Mm-hmm. And so the premise behind zero was that in a perfect world, again, we chose our phrase very carefully. Yes. yes. The world is not perfect. I'll attest. But, but in a perfect world, the optimal paid media budget would be zero. Why? Uh, the whole idea is why pay for attention if you're paying attention. In a perfect world, if you had enough customers, enough advocacy, enough loyalty, enough word of mouth, enough content creation, enough community, enough data, enough innovation, you wouldn't need to borrow interest. You wouldn't need to be a tenant when you could be a landlord. And so that's part of the vision here, which is to move from renting media to owning and therefore monetizing assets. And so the big vision is monetizing marketing. And, and one of the ways is, you know, we I often say, what if Kodak acquired Instagram? What if Kodak had actually acquired Instagram for Two hundred million dollars and then sold it to Facebook for two billion dollars instead of one billion dollars. Mm-hmm. So this idea that marketing can be a revenue generator as opposed to a cost or an expense line item, that's a big, bold idea. the The other part of zero is that, and I say this often in a self-deprecating way, is that you know, as a consultant and being a member of the consultants Guild, if I don't come up with at least two acronyms a year, they throw me out.
0: It's required so by law.
1: It's required, exactly. It's this part of the secret handshake. And so, you know, zero also stands for Zealots Entrepreneurship Retention and Owned Assets, which is advocacy, innovation, customer centricity, and then the idea of the owned asset. So what is an owned asset? Your people, your products, your packaging, your data, your content, your apps, your customer service, your stores, your trucks. This idea of we have so many incredible assets at our fingertips and yet what do we continue to do? Borrow interest, you know, and and draw that borrowed interest from these false prophets or gods like Jared from Subway or Kim Kardashian or Lance, Lance Armstrong or Tiger Woods. Maybe the one exception hopefully will be uh, – LeBron, who's just been tied to a lifetime contract at Nike. Oh, um, yeah. But with the exceptions of the Jitas and the LeBrons of the world, there aren't many of these kind of, you know, celebrities left to borrow. Why would we want to lean on, like a crutch um, somebody else when ultimately the real heroes are our customers and our, and our employees? So that's really kind of, that's the full, you know, almost, I would say, uh, executive summary of what zero is
0: about. Yeah, so you've, you've planted the flag there, and I don't know if the word manifesto has been described with this book much, but that, that I really got the impression that, that it was. It was like you were trying to grab the reader by the lapels and, and shake them out of their slumber. And back to TV, you even mentioned the thing I've heard before about, um, you know, no, I think you said something like, no one ever gets fired for including TV or paid media. Uh, on a marketing budget?
1: right, we we changed that now to no one ever got fired for putting Facebook Facebook on the plan. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. but but you know but the reality is you know the reality is people are being fired, and if they aren't being fired, it's this idea of death by a thousand paper cuts because you know the number of fortune five hundred companies that have lost um, exponential value that have fallen out the fortune five hundred that have been that have filed for bankruptcy protection. They are, they are increasingly, you know, they're getting increasingly larger. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: There was a, one example in the book that I thought might be helpful for the listener, and this is not a political podcast, obviously, but it had to do with the, the marketing approach in the 2012 presidential election with the Romney camp versus the Obama camp. Can you talk a little bit about how they were different and how one – had it right and the other one was sort of old school
1: well you know there are you know th- this actually uh this actually you know comes back to what i wrote in in flip the funnel which was the whole obama campaign in in uh, the the first one you know the everything from you know from the the whole grassroots approach and what was so uh exceptional with the approach was the fact that what did what did the obama um camp do they began with their zealots with their most converted or most loyal fan Mm -hmm.
0: and mobilized um, them
1: and mobilized them and then you know the concept of flip the funnel is how to use existing customers to gain new ones that's kind of what happened even the mobile app did something really interesting the obama mobile app allowed you to actually call your friends and you know convince them to vote or convince them to vote for Obama but what they but what it did that was so brilliant is that it organized them by battleground states so you know it's so easy to just use your phone's native functionality to be able to see which of your friends live in ohio and so it would prioritize the calls you know from your own contact address book Based on the battleground states. So it was something that that the Obama camp did brilliantly in the first you know in the first election, and then I thought kind of lost the you know the momentum a little bit because almost being very very traditional is once the conversion was there, once he was elected, once the sale was registered, there wasn't much in terms of continuing that dialogue and fostering that sense of community. Um, through until until the next sale was needed again, <laughs> it typically it's, not, it's, it's like buying a car, right? Yeah, you, yeah. you drive the car off the lot, and you only hear from the salesperson, you know, when the lease is due again. The Romney camp, on the other hand, just took a much more traditional uh, approach, and even. You know, I think, uh, I don't know if it was in, in zero or which book I wrote about it, but I guess it, I guess it must have been uh, maybe flip um, the whole concept of binders. Remember when he spoke about binders full of women?
0: Oh, that's right. Yes.
1: And, and what actually happened is <laughs> I love this. I mean, you talk, of, you know, and, and I'll, I'll talk about the, the insight behind it in a minute, but if you went onto amazon.com and you saw all the listings for one inch binders, um, the reviews there, were, there was so much engagement and conversation basically saying, you know, talking about five stars versus one star, which is, you know, which is I personally use this binder for all my women. And, and it's just the comments were hysterical in terms of, and suddenly these one inch binders from having maybe five reviews had 5,000 reviews. You know, there's that old saying, which is, you know, rather people laugh with you than at you. Mm -hmm. But, but if someone's still laughing at you, that's better than them crying or not caring. Mm -hmm. And it's getting people to care that I would say is still 80% of the battle, just giving, getting people to give a damn, to have an emotion. I mean, one thing I often talk about, I've written about it for years and years is this concept of uh, embrace hatred. And, 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 and clearly I don't mean you know, literally hate. But but it's this idea of when a customer, the context of it is when, when a customer says, I hate you, my definition of hate is they're actually saying, I love you. I just want you to work a little bit harder to earn that love. Mm-hmm. You know, it's getting feedback. You know, it, exactly. And when someone goes, you suck, they're basically just saying, prove to me you don't, you know. But it's when someone has no opinion, apathy, indifference, you know, it's game over at that point.
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, what is it, a, a body in motion? I'd rather have one of those, whether it's positive or negative. Uh, I can do something with that. But if they're, if they're lifel- lifeless and still, yeah, you're going to have a problem.
1: I, I mean, I'll, I'll tell you one thing. is like I, I watch it. I just watch it. And I'd say to your listeners as well, just watch even when people are watching the Super Bowl ads or when people watch TV. In fact, I see so many times when a CMO will stand up and show uh, his or her reel. Nobody smiles, nobody cares, nobody laughs, no one leans forward. There's just this like stunned silence, um, crickets, when people watch 80% of all television commercials out there. Now, I'm a creative guy. I mean, I'm a guy who appreciates the creative part of our business. You know, I would love to see that change. I would love to see people able to elicit a real emotion and not just the easy the, the quick laughs, right the, the babies, the, pun, the the bunnies, the puppies, the the fighting donkeys, whatever the case may be. Mm-hmm. it's easy to get a cheap laugh. I'm talking about a genuine kind of you know from the gut roar you know that that and, and more importantly, a connection with the consumer. And my point is, I think you can do that through you can do that so many different ways. I always talk about an app called Run P. An app that will tell you exactly, yes, I have that. Yeah, exactly when in the movie you can go and pee, the boring parts of the movie. Every time I present that, the entire audience bursts into laughter. I guarantee you I could show them 10 television commercials and, and I'll see zero emotion on them.
0: Yes, that uh, Jay Baer talks about that in his uh, utility book. And, of course, I immediately downloaded it and went to the movies. But you start it when the movie, movie starts, and then it tells you when you can leave. Yeah, I use it all not the time. You miss anything. I use um, it all the time. Yeah, or there's like sit, sit or squat from Charmin where they tell you it's a crowdsourced right. database of where the best public toilets are. Let me just ask a couple real quick questions, sort of like uh, what people, your audiences do after you give a, a talk. Uh, <laughs> you, what do you mean when you refer to a post-marketing era?
1: So, the idea of post advertising and post marketing is you know again, if you talk about the perfect storm and and you know the apocalypse, et cetera, it's almost like the rebirth. It's almost like the next phase um and 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 the reality is that marketing you know we talk about the industrial age and the industrial revolution, and from mass marketing or mass merchandising to mass marketing mass media, we're talking about a new age where marketing is less, you know, even, even Jim Stengel used to talk about this at G. He said, instead of this era of telling and selling we're we're moving into an era of, of participating and playing or well, I call it caring and sharing. But this post-marketing era is one that is significantly more participatory, more transparent. Uh, More demonstrative in terms of not just making. Again, it goes back to the bow tie. I call it the Zen, you know, the Zen of marketing. Not what you say, but what you do. You, we are judged by our actions, not by our words or our ability to follow through and come good on our promises. So, so my thinking is, you know, uh, you know, uh, the concept of utility itself, where marketing is a service where marketing actually does good and is good and makes a difference.
0: More of an experience?
1: Right, right, experiential. All of the above is what I would call this kind of post-marketing era where marketing as we know it or as we knew it, the four Ps, segmenting, targeting, positioning, all of this old-stayed theory no longer applies. And by the way, AIDA, uh, the traditional marketing funnel, was created by a traveling salesman called East and Elmo Lewis in 1884 or something like that. So that's proof positive. You know, want to make a half my advertising is wasted. The problem is I don't know which half. All of our marketing theory is old, at least 100 years old. Yeah. So it's time to draw that line in the sand and start again.
0: Well, let me just add one more question. And you say in the book, paid media is a temporary cultural phenomenon. What do you mean by that?
1: Well, I guess you know the whole concept again of pay. You know, we just um, we just saw the. Uh, I mean, at least in the last year, the series finale of Mad Men. Mm-hmm. You know, so so I mean, we, we're talking about a, fen- a culturally, we're talking about a phenomenon that that is um, you know time specific and really what sixty years odd, fifty, sixty, seventy years. It's a small period of time. In retrospect, when we think about how much change we've seen, how the world has changed in the last 10, 15 years, more so than the last 150 years before that, Mm -hmm. um, culturally, you know, we look at the rise of the millennials, the mainstreaming of of millennials, um, the the Facebook, I mean, we could go on and on and on. And, and, you know, mass marketing or mass media, paid media seems to uh, be less and less relevant and resonant and culturally in terms of, you know, the tag, I mean, to this day, my, my younger brother and I, we can name every single tagline or jingle from when we were kids, because advertising was a part of our lives mm-hmm. and it informed that influenced It was part of our popular culture. I don't think that's true anymore. And so we're now looking to different influences and different, um, you know, we're more likely to be influenced by an Instagram feed or, a, or an Instagram personality or, you know, or, an, or an, uh, an, a photo on Instagram or Snapchat than we are through, you know, the traditional channels.
0: Mm-hmm. Well said. Joseph, if readers took only one thing away from the book, what would you hope it
1: would be? Oh, geez. One thing from yeah, the book? Only uh, one. You know, I I mean,
0: I'll cut you off if you have to.
1: I would say yes. Um, In 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 other words, take one thing away, and and what I mean by that is, it's it's you know the curly uh, the one thing. What is that? That's what you got to find out from City Slickers. Remember that part in City Slickers when he lifts his finger? Um, You know, I tell people, I'm going to give you when I give a keynote. I'm going to say a lot of things. I don't expect you to, to agree with everything I say. If you did agree with everything that I said, then what's the point in me standing up in front of you? You may as well just talk to yourself in the mirror.
0: Or read your books.
1: Well, yeah, well, I want disagreement. I want debate. But I, what I want people to do, and I say this in every presentation, find one thing, just one thing that you can confidently take back, sell through, sell in, you know, and implement for your organization. It's almost like this idea of a smorgasbord. If you put too much on your plate, you're going to get sick and you're going to be called a pig, you know, um, rather think, think, you know, you know, think sparingly, think about quality, about quantity. So is there one thing that's not for me to say, there's a lot of stuff in that book and I won't tell you what the two things are. I'll just say everyone is going to be different. Every business, every objective, every person, but find the one thing that you can confidently implement. Otherwise, you know. I failed. In, it's it's in,
0: not going to be hard. There are some real specific things in there. Well, I, I, t-
1: t- I tell you what is hard is it is. No, it's not
0: going to be hard to take something away. You, you even break it down at the end in terms of spend the first do a workshop, do it in these three parts. I mean, it, it right. gets pretty granular but, but, there. But, but
1: I got to tell you, it's unbelievable to me how and it's it in as I get older, I'm becoming more kind of crotchety and cranky about it. No. How, how many people sit in the audience? And, you know, they get all excited and by the time they get back to their desk, there's 10,000 unread emails and fires and, and, they, and they don't implement a thing from two days of a conference. Oh. You know, so it's find the one thing and even think small. Think it doesn't have to be a big thing, but but implement it. Maybe a medium-term goal. Yeah, even short-term. I don't mind, but just do something. Mm.
0: Well before we wrap up, let me ask you a couple questions popular with the listeners. Is there a recent marketing book uh, that you recommend?
1: so i I can't really answer that because you know i I, I just don't have the time to read uh, as much as I want to. Um, so I'll answer it a different way. I from a marketing standpoint, um, and and I know it's one of your questions as well, which is how do I stay up to date and in touch and in tune? I think when you create content, you you consume that content as well. Oh yeah. And so when I do my monthly podcast with Mitch, uh, or I do the Beancast with Bob Nop, or even just being on this podcast, that's what gets me. That's what keeps me um, up to date and keeps me aware and keeps me in touch. Mm-hmm. Um, I would also say, from a consumption standpoint, you know, I listen to these shows as well. I listen to I listen to Mitch. I listen to the Beancast as well. But in terms of books, when I'm going to read, I've started listening to audio books now. I like to kind of, I, I like to kind of detach and switch off from business and marketing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if I am going to listen to it, I'll listen to it while I'm running. So, so my running has become a great source of actually listening to marketing as opposed to reading it. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, how can listeners best find out uh, more about you and the book? We'll have links to all this at marketingbookpodcast.com.
1: Well, I I wish I was doing more at the time, at, at this time, in terms of writing and creating content. I've just been so busy as an entrepreneur, you know. Well, with you
0: just everybody. created some content, you know that
1: well, exactly. So at least I've done something. So thank you for that. Um, <laughs> but I would say, you know, uh, my blog—it's a, a little cobwebby at the moment—is Jaffe Juice. But generally, you can follow me on on every channel uh, just by. Uh, looking for for Jaffy Juice. I would say the channel or the platform that I'm most active on is is Instagram. I just love creating. You know, it, it really is my story, and 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 you know, kind of getting a good sense as to what I'm up to at the moment. But definitely, I would say if you um, if these ideas resonate with you, start with flip the funnel and work your way through zero. There are two books, as I said, that there are more than than one nugget in there. But, you know, even if you implement that one nugget per book, I think you'll be in a good place. Mm -hmm.
0: And the last name is spelled J-A-F-F-E.
1: Yeah, two F's, one E.
0: Right. Uh, Just a final quote from the book. We may never reach the Ponce de Leon of zero paid media, but if you are on the bus believing the argument that the old paid media model is slowly pricing and disengaging itself out of the market, then it doesn't hurt to try. The name of the book is Zero, Zero Paid Media as the New Marketing Model. The authors are Joseph Jaffe and Martin Albarda. Joseph, thank you very much for being on the Marketing Book Podcast.
1: It has been my uh, pleasure.
0: And that closes the book on the 55th episode of the Marketing Book Podcast, recently named by LinkedIn as one of 10 podcasts that will make you a better marketer in 2016. But please don't let the end of this episode be the end of what you can learn about modern marketing. Visit marketingbookpodcast.com for show notes, free resources, and guides. And while there, be sure to join the Marketing Book Podcast newsletter so you never miss an episode. And if you love the show, please do me a favor. Open up a browser on your phone or computer and type in love.marketingbookpodcast.com. That's love.marketingbookpodcast.com. That will generate a pre-formatted tweet with a link to the show that you can share with the world. And you'll get a personal thank you from me for spreading the love. And please join us next time as we talk to Andrew Davis about his book, Town, Inc. Grow your business, save your town, leave your legacy. Thanks again for listening to the Marketing Book Podcast.